0: Um, even more niche courses like thirteen week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com/slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis Podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, Tar Heel Monkey shares his path from UNC to BAML. We understand what interested him in finance back when he was in eighth grade, why he didn't get a full-time offer in his first summer, and why he ended up transitioning into private equity after 1.5 years in banking. Enjoy. All right, Tar Heel Monkey. Welcome to the Wall Street Oasis podcast.
1: Thanks, Patrick. Nice to be here.
0: It'd be great if you could just give the listeners a short summary of your bio.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, I uh I grew up all over the world. um I did my last years of high school in Sydney and uh, middle school in India and kind of you know grade school in, in Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, all so all over the place. Very different environments. All all. Uh, all across the board, but got my interest in finance at a very early age. And so going, I, I went to UNC for undergrad and you know, pursued finance, you know, very sincerely and then very diligently as as sort of my primary career pursuit. And was very fortunate to, to land as a sophomore intern at Bank of America Merrill Lynch and had a phenomenal experience, came back for another summer and, you know, transitioned into a full-time role as part of their Power Renewables Investment Banking Group. And um, did about a year and a half um, during that experience and transitioned into um, sort of middle market, upper middle market, private equity. Um, and that's kind of where I am right now at a firm called Claire Capital.
0: Awesome. And tell me a little bit about why you're jumping all over the world. Was it family? Was it like military? What was, what was the reason for jumping all over? Yeah,
1: it was it was just my dad's job. Um, he used to he used to work for uh, Walmart and, um, you know, that's we went to India for for that opportunity and kind of we got to go. Me and my brother got to go to the American Embassy School as part of that experience. It was a you know sort of top ranked international school, and it was incredibly eye opening. You know we were going to school with kids all over the world, and um, and this was very shocking from a kid who grew up in Bentonville, Arkansas, where the town is you know twenty thousand people yeah Um, at most and coming back to Bentonville after that experience was very underwhelming Uh, not not a environment or kind of cultural uh, context that we fit in with anymore and so we were looking for kind of another international experience um, you know broaden our horizons a little bit more so that's what drew us to Australia my my dad found a better kind of career opportunity out there and I went to the German International School in Sydney Australia Mm -hmm. uh, which was also a Unique experience. Uh, my graduating class was twelve people, uh, <laughs> including me. So uh, again, just just a very kind of you know outlier type of experience. I would I would describe it as. Um, it's very cool. I, I mean,
0: the amount of like yeah, well, the amount of traveling,
1: amount of the world you
0: saw in such, yeah, or, yeah. such a young age is pretty cool. Yeah,
1: that, yeah, it, it was uh, it was definitely it, it it really developed my worldview at, at to an extent that I never really thought I would get kind of in, you know, a 10 year span before I even graduated high school. That's awesome. So you kind of
0: uh, decide UNC, why UNC?
1: Yeah, no, I was um, always focused on uh, doing a business program as part of my undergrad experience. And I always knew, you know, wherever I was in the world, I'd come back to the US. For, was that because your dad? Or is
0: that your, Were you like finance investment banking in high school? Or how did you, where did you come across it?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's uh, I'd probably say I wanted to be in finance and and built a passion for it kind of probably in the eighth grade. <laughs> um, wow. That's, early. that's yeah, very early. That's kind of when the, the financial crisis happened. And yeah, I was so curious and interested in like every, this big, massive thing that went wrong and everyone was talking about it. And I had no clue what everyone was talking about. So, you know, the, the, the kind of curious mind that I had, I kind of looked into it and researched it. And that's how I got exposed to the stock market, trying to understand kind of what happened in the GFC. And that just had my, um, you know, uh, my focus and attention. And, and from, from, from a learning standpoint, I, you know, just delved into it very, very, um, deeply uh, all the way through high school you know i started reading bloomberg business week you know just just to be part of part of that world as as much as i could and you know would do kind of the virtual investing uh, games y- yahoo finance actually had a fantasy finance game for like two years that i took part in that. that was a lot of fun they canceled it it was it was a fun competition thing That's but awesome. um I think mean, just those experiences. Like really were did of, you
0: know like back in eighth grade, you were did, were you like, I want to be an investment banker? Did you, you no. just you're at the at, back then you were just thinking, oh, this finance thing is interesting. And then as you yeah. got through high school, tell me a little bit about did did things kind of morph where you started actually understanding the industry or did that not happen till you arrived at UNC and they started kind of yeah. outlining
1: the Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's a great question. I had no clue what investment in banking was even in high school. Um I actually what I really wanted to do, what I'd honed in on was kind of M&A. That's what really had excited me through all of these kind of exploratory activities. And, you know, I had like a kind of job shadow experience in, in my first two years of high school um, at the kind of legal side of Walmart. Um, and I talked to a couple of M&A lawyers and I was like, I want to do m and law. And then I talked to a couple more people and they're like, you know, know, these lawyers, they don't actually do the deals. They just get stuck with paperwork. And I'm like, (laughs) that doesn't sound exciting. And and so I started asking, well, who's doing the (laughs) deal? Sounds like you Um, talked to some bankers. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I, so it's the bankers who do the deals. And so going into high, like my last years of high school, I got a very informal internship experience at the UBS bank in, in Sydney and, you know, saw the trading floor and, you know, Saw a little bit of investment banking. I think that experience really solidified, like, "Hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I really want to dedicate um, my my life to, um, and and build a skill set in." And so that kind of my senior year of high school, I kind of figured out at a very high level what investment banking is, and and kind of coming into UNC, having that clarity was what was your the life. Biggest- what
0: was your life like? I was a high school student with a class of twelve, kind of having traveled <laughs> for two years. Like, did you party at all? Was it like fun, no. or all just studying and nerd? Like, like because that's why I was—a nerd. Like in high school. No,
1: I I was the biggest nerd. Um, okay. I yeah. It, it sounds was sounds like like if was, you're
0: like at an eighth grader, like delving into the global financial crisis, yeah. like you had a different mind, a curious
1: mind. Yeah. Is good. Absolutely, absolutely. I didn't. uh it was definitely tough to relate to uh, you know kids who who were normal kids, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and it was it was an interest. Like we were all very close, kind of as part of that twelve person class. Sure, um, yeah. But but there were always activities that they were participating in that you know I I didn't necessarily always participate in. Kind of outside of school, I was like trying to start
0: and stuff. And
1: yeah, like you know they're going to parties and yeah, and, yeah. and stuff like that, and I was kind of more focused on you know, really getting ahead, um, and, and kind of trying to what achieve think, the, the longer term dream.
0: Why do you think you were driven to be like that? Was it something your dad instilled in you? Was it just genetic? What do you, was it like, cause you're, it sounds like your dad was a career guy, you know, chasing these yeah. opportunities around the world. Do you think that had an influence on you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, it was, um, I really owe that drive and, and that kind of tenacity to, to my parents entirely. They, they kind of raised me, um, to you know, have big dreams, um, and you know the the you know having big dreams is one thing, and then kind of teaching me how to go after them. Um, and you know, I think mean, kind of growing up, a, they they really taught me how to be driven and how to be focused. But how do they, how do they do that i'm curious cuz am a i'm a father of three young yeah kids. yeah how, how um, do they
0: how do they do that was it more of a of a hey just try your best that's all that matters or was it no a, no
1: <laughs> no it was, <laughs> it, like, was it was uh, it was much more deliberate than
0: that um like you need to drill on these things like you need to be excellent in math you need to be excellent in written
1: oral it know. was it was interesting they they i guess they like raised me in a way where i was just extremely competitive um so i used to play soccer growing up um yeah. And uh, I, I love I love the game and, and I love playing and winning is always a great feeling. Um, and so, I mean, I, I played forward and there'd be games where like, hey, I scored a goal. And, you know, I'd come and tell my dad when I got home, like, hey, I scored a goal today. He's like, why didn't you score two? <laughs> and so that was that was always the mindset. Like, why aren't you doing better? Um, no matter how good you're doing, why aren't you doing better? Why aren't you? And 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 it wasn't to kind of put me down. It's like, hey, you can get to the next level and I'm going to make sure you get there. And so it was always, you know, you got to get one rung higher on the ladder. No, even if if you got a ninety-seven on the test, why didn't you get a hundred? Um, you know, it, it was.
0: So that, but that sounds kind of exhausting. Like your dad's keeps pushing you and pushing you. Did you feel that way, or did you like the push?
1: You know, it. I think I think in the moment it can be like growing up. It could it could get maybe a little frustrating. You know, you're kind of you, you come and achieve you know something what wh- whatever it is you're you're proud of something that you did and then and it doesn't seem to be quite enough for this person that you respect and and kind of hold in the highest regard but looking back at it I would not have had it any other way. Um, what about
0: brothers and sisters were they similar? Do you have any brothers and sisters?
1: Yeah, I, I have I have a younger brother and he um he he is getting to that point where he, he's he's a freshman at IU. Um but he's getting to the point where he's getting really competitive. He's is getting to the point where it's not even other people's stand, and I think that was the difference. Um, me go, growing up, when I got to a point where the the normal standard that other people measured themselves by, like, was not a- applicable to me. Like, there was a- like I was always holding myself to a-, a much higher standard and always striving for that. And that's Can you give me an, brothers- an example of that. Yeah, like, you mean um, like in high-
0: You mean by high school? Like, like in grades and stuff like that, or something else?
1: In in kind of you know all all aspects, it was always like I, I want to do the best that I can. And mm-hmm. you know, let let's say, you know, my my. Mm, that's that's a good question. What is because, a good example? Because like I mean, that? you're
0: talking about soccer, right? And you said, yeah. oh, he'd come back and be like, so were you like training like an extra two hours a week? Were you what getting up at five a.m. to train? Like, what were you doing? To get better? yeah,
1: yeah um
0: or did you just like try your best and train but like academics were a focus were the main focus
1: yeah ac- academics was always always the main focus um so so, so maybe let me uh so to dive in, so much
0: into your pre pre-banking well, <laughs> career it just it <laughs> yeah. it, it fascinates me because your your background's unique in terms of like the the world travel and all this stuff right you know, it is and so it's different from what i've talked to you so i'm yeah. trying to unpack a little bit of like your your
1: no of course no no no, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So, let um so in in uh, Australia I was part of the IB program mm-hmm. and as part of that program the the I I was in like one of the uh, part of our math class we had to do a um a real world research project and apply some of the you know theory and concepts and lessons that we were learning to to kind of a real world problem. <laughs> um And I, at this point, you know, everyone was, you know, the teacher had given us a couple of options, you know, 10 or so different, you know, real world things that we could go apply math to, you know, some of them were like roulette, um, you know, some of them were to like horse racing or or something like that, you know, statistics and and so forth. And, you know, we always had the freedom to do our own thing as well. And I'm like, "These, these things were all kind of, You you could go and find papers online that would basically kind of do all the the work for you if you wanted, but I wanted to do something that was much more relevant to me and much more relevant to my passions. And so I tried to apply it to the stock market. Um, I tried to do like a quantitative analysis of how to build sort of a you know high performing portfolio. Like what what kind of quantitative methods can you and this is before I even knew what I was talking about. And and this is a high school student. This is as a high school student. I I didn't really know. Um, a lot of the stuff that I was talking about, but you know, it wasn't just enough for me to do what was required. I wanted to do kind of above and beyond what other kids were were kind of maybe thinking about or, or you know thought capable of. And I went and talked. I tried to make connections to real world, like finance finance professionals, to kind of get good guidance on on something like this. And and I didn't I didn't get a good yeah. grade on on the project, by the way, <laughs> um, <laughs> at, at all. But I you know I probably spent you know. Uh, a cumulative of like of like hundred 150 hours you know uh, across like two to three weeks like putting this together just because I had so much dedication for it because I wanted to to learn and, and and that was all that was the only thing that was relevant to me. What the grade is important, but I also wanted to make sure that hey, I was doing something I was really excited about and I was learning about it and, and I was getting better at it and it was at at a at a level that other people were not doing. It yeah. was different. It was differentiated. For sure. So tell me a little
0: bit about like why UNC, obviously strong finance program, right?
1: Um, exactly. Yeah. Was that
0: just it or like, did you apply elsewhere and you felt like that was the best shot at getting into finance?
1: Yeah, well, so I, I definitely applied elsewhere. So we knew we were coming to Michigan. My, my dad had found another job in, in Michigan as we all kind of transitioned stateside. And so, you know, University of Michigan was, was definitely a top choice to kind of get that in-state tuition. And Ross School of Business also has a very high name. Sure. Um but unfortunately got waitlisted there and okay. UNC was uh you know I'd applied to a lot of the Ivy League schools. I I I applied to 15 schools, got waitlisted at two and rejected from all the others, all in the same day, which was cool. uh, which was which was totally a slap in the face. Um because yeah, for, for I spent like all my high school career did you, kind of did you, for the IVs, but did you feel yeah, like there. Uh, there was a little bit of shock?
0: And what, are you, looking back now with a little bit more wisdom, at like your applications and knowing kind of the game a little bit, do you feel like there was a piece missing there?
1: Yeah, you know, one thing that the the I, I've thought about this a lot. It was <laughs> a little bit of a traumatic experience, but, <laughs> but uh, the I, I thought it, something with the, the essays. The, uh, my SAT score wasn't the highest, so I think that was one piece. And I yeah. think the other thing that probably, you know, the admissions committees at all these places were were thinking about was I was very very focused on in my essays, and that I knew what I wanted to do, and I I was just very determined. I like I want to be in finance. I want to do M and A. This is the world I want to be a part of, and I want to kind of come it's and like, take advantage. It's like the type of kid they really like to hate. Is that what you're yeah, saying? <laughs> yeah, they, I, 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 I just don't think they believed me. Like they, they were like, you know, what, what, 17, 18 year eighteen-year-old kid knows he wants to do this? He's just kind of, you know, it, it, it maybe didn't come across as sincere. He's, he's just trying to say what we think we want him to say, or trying to sound too mature, or too professional, like or worse, or whatever. But I was very sincere, and, um, you know, I, I, I guess they wanted an all-rounded student, kind of quote-unquote. That's sort of the the tagline and i wasn't interested in that i knew what i wanted and i was kind of ready to go after it um and then two weeks went by i didn't i didn't have a college to go to i hadn't heard back from unc yet and uh so i was like applying to all these like state schools and and stuff like that like just to kind of have my bases covered and dude thank thank god unc accepted me yeah um and and got to go to a you know a a very prestigious institution um two weeks later
0: yeah. Tell me about specifically the, how you ended up getting that sophomore gig. Did you apply online network? Tell me a little bit of that whole process because I've already taken up a bunch of your time. And with background, I want to get into the nitty gritty now of how you landed it. You obviously had like, you knew early on, do you feel like that was a huge advantage just knowing you wanted a banking? Right yeah.
1: Now? That I think, I think that like, I'm not smarter than the next person. I, I don't have you know more connections than the next person. Like the only advantage I had coming into college is I knew exactly where I wanted to be. I knew what classes I wanted to take, what like I had researched, what professors I wanted to get close to and and learn from. Mm-hmm. And like like literally week one, I went to the corporate finance professor's office. His door was locked, and he was on a phone call. I waited outside his office for probably four or four and a half hours. Um, just to get five minutes with the guy to tell him I wanted to maybe sit into his class and be part of the student-run fund, which he was overseeing. And you know, he gave me five minutes, and I through that conversation, I was able to to get into the student-run fund as as a freshman, just to kind of show that drive, which was an incredible opportunity, and it gave me a lot of exposure to seniors who were great mentors to me as well. And because they had once con-
0: they were in the banks, it's a huge. That's that's exactly yeah the relationships with.
1: Exactly, yeah. No, that was yeah. that was huge because they they helped me connect to people, you know, in the banks and then also were there were two seniors in particular who were incredibly pivotal to helping me prepare for those interviews, teaching me how to network. I was I was a freshman going to all sorts of job fairs and networking events just looking for some opportunities that someone would, you know, be ready to give me and no one would give a freshman, you know, the, the time of day right like they're not right. they're not hiring freshmen for internships but I failed in a lot of those like networking events you know I didn't know how to behave or yeah. how to portray myself but because I did it at such an early point in the college career I was able to learn from those mistakes and be much more effective
0: You're more next year. more
1: polished more polished yeah definitely yeah. And I think I think that was like a huge advantage as well like relative to other kids I was just I just knew what I I'd made mistakes early and could capitalize on them when they actually, when it actually counted. So tell me when um, it, when
0: did it count and how did you, did you start applying? Was there any sort of online thing going on for sophomore internships or how did you even land? Yeah. On?
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. There was um one, one of the, the two seniors I talk about, he, um, he connected me to, to, to an analyst at Morgan Stanley and it was like a first round interview. And he prepared me exactly for the technical answers that were going to be asked like word for word. Yeah. And I go into this interview and I'm nervous. I've and it was a phone call. And so I've got like papers of answers just like thrown across my dorm room, like ready to flip to any like, single one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know. One sec. Uh- <laughs> I was I was over prepared for this for this call. And it's it's not that I didn't get the answers right. It's like it didn't sound like I knew what I was talking about. Like it it didn't seem that I was confident in the answers I was giving. And I, I didn't get kind of moved on to the next round. So the senior kind of comes up and he's like, dude, I literally gave you the interview word for word. Like, if you're not serious about this, I'm not going to help you. And like, that's kind of when I kicked it into gear. And this was as, uh, as a second year student. Um,
0: yeah. So like you, had, you were kind of like, he gave you basically, he basically told you what they were going to ask you. as technical questions, yeah, Like what the exactly. evaluation that or DC? Right. Or you,
1: right you still right. kind of
0: fumbled through it because you didn't really understand. You hadn't drilled right.
1: enough. That's that's exactly right, and it was it was it was a good wake up call. And I was also, I was applying to these things as a junior, but only in my second year of college. I had a year and a half of college already finished coming into UNC, um, and so I was applying to these things as a junior um, with the um, intention of graduating early. And and kind of after that experience, there was a coffee chat with uh, Bank of America. And there was a guy in Leverage Finance who, for whatever reason, took a liking to me. Um, and he was, he was kind of like a white knight. like He really like pushed me through the process, um, you know, helped me make some really good connections. Was well, tell a- me about that.
0: You mean just from the coffee chat, like you sitting around and with a group of other eager beavers kind of huddling around him? He, he liked you?
1: No. So it was, a, it was like a one-on-one thing. They, How did you they get the one-on-one? Like- um, you, you, we had like,
0: um, a, up, uh, a UNC there?
1: like portal and you would oh, cool. like apply and then like you send your resume in and, you know, they select, you know, X amount of kids to kind of, um, you know, join these, these kind That's of coffee awesome. chats and yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity and bank of America was hosting it. And, um, you know, you get like 10, 15 minutes with kind of a banker from bank of America and. It's just it's like a, a networking call, but you get sort of one on one attention. And um, so, who was
0: this? Who was this guy or gal? Was it an associate and an analyst?
1: Yeah, he was. Uh,
0: in Lefven, you said, but associate yeah, level, was,
1: you think or VP? Yeah, I think I think he was a VP. I think okay. he was a VP at the time. Yeah. Why do you think he liked you? Um, I think it was really just like my determination, tenacity, and drive. Like it, it was, I, I was always. But how very... did you show
0: that? Like, do you do you don't want to come across as a hardo too, right? And no, yeah, that, it, so. it
1: was. It was all about the attitude of learning. Um, I, think, I think that is the key when you're having these conversations is you, you don't, you're exactly right. You don't want to come across as a, a know-it-all or like, you know, a try-hard or, you know, mm-hmm. trying to brown-nose these people. It's you're doing a job that I want to be good at, and I just really want to learn how to be good at it. Um, you know, I, I'm, I was very like, I don't know what I'm doing, but these are the steps I've taken in my college career I kind of learn more. Mm-hmm. And these are the reasons why I want to be in the industry. Having a great story for why you want to be, um, you know, in an investment banking role and, and kind of what you want to learn and what excites what did you, you say? about
0: it. What did you say back then? Just want to learn, blah, 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 be around smart people, that type of thing or
1: something no, else? I- you, I, I think it has to be more personal than that. So I had done a internship at a company called Brasscraft. It is a company owned by Masco, which is a large sort of, um, you know, kind of building, building products company. Mm-hmm. But Brasscraft was a was a plumbing manufacturer. That's what I did as a freshman. Uh, my my freshman summer was doing. Uh, as I was a sales intern yeah. at 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 a plumbing manufacturer. Um you know, we, weird experience, but. Um, and, and so I didn't want to do something. I was a yoga
0: but, I was a assistant manager of a yoga studio so don't feel bad keep going Yeah,
1: <laughs> you
0: do what you got to do pay the bills. Yeah
1: exactly and, and you know they, they had me doing kind of sales and marketing type stuff but that was just kind of the the job description I went to kind of my boss and saying hey I'll, I'm happy to do my regular job but where I really want to do is kind of M&A stuff and you guys have stuff that you're doing on the M&A side and they kind of gave me a couple projects. They were looking at some companies in like Brazil and, cool. um, and some companies in Chile. And I just kind of ran with it and, um, you know, try to build models around it and create a presentation. And, you know, as, so I used that to my advantage saying, Hey, I had a little bit of M&A experience as part of my freshman summer internship. And it was great to be able to.
0: Did you like set that up? Like knowing that this company would allow you to do that, knowing they had some corp dev going on?
1: No, no, I didn't. I, I just walked Amazing. into my manager's office and I'm like, this is what I want to do. Do you guys have any like projects? And they're like, we're not really serious about it, but we're happy. We're happy to let you kind of you just know, let you around. pretend,
0: pretend, yeah. and <laughs> like, yeah, go off in your little corner and, and they're, say, they're, yeah, we're, gonna go like, buy, we're not really going to buy these companies, but go ahead.
1: Free work for them. So what, what, what's yeah. nothing for them to lose? And no, that's
0: a That's actually a great lesson that if you can kind of carve out your own internship where you're working for a company, yeah. a manufacturer. Go look at the potential uh, targets for them.
1: Yeah, like, once, them. once you're in the door, you can do whatever you want.
0: <laughs> Assuming they're just having you there as a favor, anyways. They, they right, right. right. So you can exactly. actually talk more about your own MA internship or corp. Internship. internship. <laughs> right, right.
1: <Exactly. laughs> I put that in air quotes
0: for people who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. No, that's smart. It's smart. Because you know, sophomore, they, these coffee chats, you can start pointing to
1: that. Pointing to that. And, and what I said was look, it was very rewarding to be. Um, you know, part of something that could impact the future of this particular company. Um, but what I realized was what what one thing that I feel like would be much more fulfilling was to be able to do that on a larger scale for more companies um, and then kind of on a global level as well, which investment in banking gives you kind of an opportunity to do. So that was kind of the reason like, hey, I had this experience. It was great, but this was something that was missing from that. And I think investment banking can fill that gap for me in terms of, you know, uh, a career reward or kind of professional fulfillment. But he liked it. He, he liked it and, and he really saw that. I think the sincere, he, he kind of really saw the sincerity of how, how much I wanted this and that I was willing to grind for it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one, one thing that I, I, you know, even even today I still try to, you know, talk to a lot of kids who are trying to break into, into Wall Street and all I tell them is like, you have to keep networking and you have to be on that grind because at the end of the day, all it takes is just one guy, one guy who's willing to go to bat for you. Um, and, and that will be kind of your, your doorway in, into the opportunity. And so you just have to kind of getting, you just have to keep trying to get as many at bats as possible. So after that coffee chat, he kind of pushed you through to like, a, he got you to do a super day? Well, he, he got me to a 1st round interview um, and he connected me to You're a- you ready for the animal. technicals this time? This time I was ready. <laughs> and did then, they ask
0: you technicals? Do you remember? They did, yeah.
1: They yeah. did, yeah. They, just the basic ones, you know, yeah. that valuation methods and, and, and so forth. Uh, and he also connected me to a couple like kind of full-time analysts. And every person I talk to, I always try to, you know, make them a mentor, or get mentorship from them. Um, and that's a good way to build a, a, a much more personal relationship with them where they're invested in your growth as well, rather than just sort of a standard networking call um and and i don't i never see these conversations as like hey you know i don't want to talk to this guy again if he's not going to give me a job it's you never know when these people are going to come in hand or when when they have an opportunity down the road yeah exactly yeah and so i always try to construct the the conversation to be a very long-term relationship building process and and a lot of those full-time analysts help me prepare for for the first round and they help me prepare for super days and I think I just got really lucky in the Super Days. Alum? I just were they alum? Yeah, they were UNC alum. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So that makes sense. They're helping you out. Okay. They're helping you out. Yeah. Were they helping yeah.
0: out a lot of other kids from UNC as well, though?
1: So? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So
0: it wasn't. Like it, was a, it was a good day.
1: network. Okay. So no. then
0: you. So then you kind of they're helping you prep, and you said you got lucky on the Super Days. Explain what the Super Day was like, and <laughs> yeah, what do you, why do you say you got lucky?
1: Yeah, I um that the the Super shows is funny. So so. Super day was, they flew me to New York and it was with three, uh, three kind of, you know, 45 or show minute calls, uh, interviews in person. And the first one was with the, the COO of a group. And, uh, I was like, holy cow, this is like a C-suite kind of thing. Like this person is super senior and I'm a sophomore, basically. Uh, i like, it was, it was intimidating, but she was, I cannot exaggerate this enough. The nicest person I've ever spoken to. She, like, she was so helpful and she was so informative and was ready to be a mentor, was ready to help me learn and give me good guidance. Um, even in the interview, and, you
0: felt like that?
1: Yeah. Even in the interview, it, it didn't feel like she was trying to grill me. It felt like she was trying to get to know who I was and what I'm passionate about, um, so, how did and, you come across
0: as not that, not closed minded, like narrow or how should I say, laser driven focused finance? Yeah. How did you come across <laughs> as like more of a normal human being? No, just kidding. <laughs>
1: how did I didn't. I didn't. I, 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 don't, I don't think I did.
0: Did um, think it hurt you I, with I, the interview with her. Do you think she was looking for the more well rounded person?
1: No, no. I, we, we, she was. She's still a strong mentor to me today. Like, we're still in touch even after having. Left damn well, she was someone who I really leaned on and relied on through my internships and through my full time career. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just I just think it really goes to show how valuable it is to formulate conversations with people in a way where they're they're kind of long term based. But that like, that relationship but
0: like in that interview specifically, what is yeah. she what was she looking for? Like what did you give her to cause she it sounds like she's trying to get to know you as a person. So she wanted to know what motivated you, what yeah so tell me about that yeah about, she, like what types it was a lot of fit behavioral type questions
1: yeah she was like kind of you know what, what are you passionate about kind of outside of finance and into that I answered you know my you know yes I'm, I'm very kind of driven professionally but at the same time like my ultimate goal like I, I will not be satisfied or content in my job if I'm not able to continuously um, guide other students or guide other people into their dreams and, and passions that's always been my underlying life goal, is to help people you know become better than they think possible um, and so I kind of told her about that and kind of my association with the finance society at UNC and all of the things I was doing there to kind of help educate kids um, for kind of careers in Wall Street you know whether it was you know, financial modeling workshops or running you know Investing competitions or networking seminars and and stuff like that and and kind of doing like I created a mentorship program as part of the finance society so talking about those kinds of things, I think. um, Really, really spoke to her. Um, And you know at the very end of the conversation I said look I really want to be like you like that like you have gone so far in your career like that's what I want to be at your level one day like what do you think I should be doing now. To get there and i'd love to kind of i, I kind of asked her point blank like i'd love to have your mentorship kind of in the long run i think i'd be incredibly valuable to me if you're open to it and i don't think it should be afraid of doing that or nervous of kind of asking people they admire to really guide them um i think especially professionals it sounds who are kind like
0: of a, but it sounds like just talking to you right now like that's almost a, a super risky play i agree with you 100 percent by the way i think the yeah. direct like genuine like eye contact um you know i'd love for you to guide me like long like just having that humble like genuine delivery yeah when you're in that moment is actually super powerful to land the job i i I really think so
1: yeah Yeah. i I think that's the right word i think i think it really shows like your willingness to learn which kind of leads into humility which also plays into the kind of culture that bank of america was trying to cultivate Mm -hmm. um and the Do one you feel like that, that really you nailed it with that
0: because well, you ended up getting the job. But what tell me, did you feel like it went well, or was she a little off like put off by her? No. Or, she, or she just lively or she loved it? You think?
1: I, I think I think we had a really great conversation. Um, yeah. I, I, I would think so consider, considering she's still talking to me today. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope she likes me. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, okay, oh so, yeah, keep going. So you had that um, one interview, and then, then what?
1: And then and then I got very lucky with the second one. He was a uh, um, a uh, managing director from UNC in the Left Fin group. So that was just, you know, could not have asked for a better opportunity there. And um, that was was a pretty, you know, standard interview, like very behavioral, very fit-based. The one question that he asked me and the answer that I was the most proudest of was, said, what's your favorite class? And like, that's such a tough like question to answer, but I feel like I would because I was so determined for finance, I felt like I had a good answer for that. I said the ones I'm not registered for, those are my favorite classes. Because what I did in school is I would skip the classes that I was actually supposed to attend that I had on my schedule. And I would go to the business school and sit into high level finance, like investment classes, like MBA classes, just to learn. And I'll talk to the professors and be like, look, I'm not in your class. I just want to learn. This is what I'm, I came to college for is to learn these things. And I want." To learn them as fast as I can I would do the homeworks so I would take the midterms for no credit um mm-hmm. and and I, I would do like relatively I could have done better in the classes I was registered for but I was like hey man I'm paying a ton of money to learn I don't I'd rather not sit into like English 101 I'd rather go sit into kind of investments um and I thought that was like uh, I, he, he found that to be a pretty unique answer um and kind of just showed yeah. that I really wanted this so, did you not party at all in college? Just you're taking uh, a double course load. Yeah, literally, not not. No. <laughs> oh so you're
0: you're just like, is this realistic advice I should be giving my listeners? Can anyone work as hard as you? Uh, uh I, I I mean, look, you were already you doing eighty-hour, hundred-hour weeks. It sounds like in <laughs> co- in college.
1: If you have the passion for it, if you really, if you really want it, um. Then it's not going to feel like hard work. It's it's just going to feel like this is yeah this is what you to, enjoy you're doing. Really
0: interested in it, so you sitting yeah. in classes, doing the midterms, doing all the extra work. You know, you yeah, probably you'd probably quickly go through your English, uh, your essay, you write your essays as fast as possible, and then get-
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, Saturday night we had we had what's called a, a capital markets lab, and there was a point in time where I was learning how to do like three statement modeling. So like most Saturday nights, I was in there till like three a.m like in, in this like big building all by myself, like just like figuring out why the balance sheet isn't balancing like that's what I was doing for like a whole semester. um you. Tell me a little I, bit
0: about like social life though, like did you feel like you were missing out at all?
1: um yeah, I mean, I, I definitely was like but,
0: looking back, especially now that you've been out of school for you know what three and a half, four years almost no
1: yeah, yeah, that's that's about right. I, I look i uh, I got very lucky with my I, I did random roommates as a freshman. Um, and I got very lucky with the the guys I was rooming with. They were all weird and and quirky, just like me. They weren't partiers, you know, they they had no intention of and of being part of like the, the Greek life and 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 so forth. Um, and so we all just hung out together and that was like very rough. We built really close relationships through that. And so I don't think I missed out on building great relationships. And and missed out on, on building really good friends that I connect well with. Um, they were all like nerds and, and weirdos just like me. So I Great. felt like we got along. Um, and you know, I I was okay not being associated with kind of the 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 partying no, and it's, kind of last style. It was totally
0: like, you know, you you were you were having fun, you were doing what you wanted to do. That's yeah, it
1: was it was very much a conscious decision. Like you didn't yes, it would feel be...
0: like pressure to do what you were doing. No. It was like a pure drive, like a pure curiosity. exactly the time you wanted to spend so you know more power to you that's awesome exactly yeah so okay so you're you're getting you have this coo she you kind of do the the hard sell at the end like the connection you have the a great answer for the unc like basically showing him through like what you're doing explaining to him like well it's not the courses i'm registered for it's all these other extra course work i'm doing the the guy's probably like whoa this kid's like (laughs) serious <laughs> right right um so two really strong ones so how about that third interview
1: the third remember? interview was uh was interesting um i i actually can't recall how like how that actually went it's it's a little bit of a blur but i i do remember coming out of that interview like feeling a little iffy about it i didn't feel like as strong as i did on the inter- other Dude. other interviews yeah. um but I think that was just, you know, you're always just nervous going into interviews, and then yep. you never feel like the interview went as well as you think. So I think it was really just a function of that. But um, I, I got, got the got, offer. But but I got the offer. I got the offer, which I was uh, I was thrilled about. It was it was eight years of work, <laughs> eight, eight years of kind of determination, culminating to that one moment, which is great. You must have felt incredible. Uh, yeah, it was it was great.
0: So like going into the summer, you were just ready, gung ho, ready to work, do whatever. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, and was it, was, was it
0: brutal hours? Was it, was it tough with that sophomore summer?
1: Yeah, you know, it's um, the one advice I have for any interns going into an internship is just to relax. That was the, so, yes, my, my drive and tenacity got me to that stage, but it actually backfired on me on the job. Once you're on the job, like you really want to relax and be much more easygoing, and you want to internalize that urgency and you want to internalize that that excitement and kind of make it shine in your work product i think i initially and it's really just a question of maturity i just didn't have the experience and time that i needed but um like, i was but yeah uh, yeah i was <laughs> it was it, you couldn't it, even it, drink yet <laughs> it, exactly it was yeah you know it was like i was at disney world like i yeah, was yeah. just too happy like my my i was grinning ear to ear at like 8 30 in the morning and 2 a.m at night and people were like yo, know this kid is it's too much you know that. That was that was my midsummer review. It was like you're you're too overwhelming. Um and, and you need to dial it back. Um it's you know, and and they they were like, look, we love the positivity, we love the attitude, it's just kind of being situationally aware um and, and being self-aware. And I thought that was really good advice. And yeah. Um,
0: like if there's an analyst that like hates his life, you shouldn't be like bouncing around, smiling around.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> e- exactly. Right. That's that's, like, that's what it was. And yeah. uh, it, look, it was, it was really good advice. And I really tried to.
0: Well, you ended up getting a return offer for junior summer.
1: Well, so that was the thing. So yeah, so, what happened. So, so I was competing for a full time offer that first summer. Oh, really? Uh, okay, yeah, because yeah. i I was telling you I was a oh, that's right. I you were you junior. Were,
0: yeah, you were only doing three and a half years or whatever,
1: and um so that that I didn't get a full- time offer. They kind of put me on the wait list. Ooh. and and you think and, it because
0: of that overeagerness, that overeagerness well
1: there was it was a little bit of that. They said that i improved a ton, and the second half of the internship, I was really able to take that feedback and and really improve on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that summer was a little unfortunate. I think it was across the street like no one hired like a high percentage of interns. Like my group only gave like 40% offers. Oh wow. Um that that year and I think it was kind of like Morgan Stanley I don't think even hired like a single UNC um intern that summer. Um so I think it was just across the was street. Was it like that a deep way. depression for you? <laughs> oh uh, well, yeah, it was it was um it was sad. Uh I was It was, it was definitely sad. It was, it was very disappointing, but I think I had dealt with failure enough to that point where, Mm. you know, I knew how to kind of process it and kind of run with it. But look, what I told them is like, Hey, I understand. They, they said like, look, we, we really want you. There just isn't enough headcount, and we have to put you kind of on the wait list. And um, the, the kind of person in charge of that was really fighting with HR to kind of open up, you know, one or two additional spots for, for me. Um, as part of the group but you know there there didn't seem to be kind of uh, room there and what I told them was like you know I could have easily not easily but I could have went and start I, I started applying for like other full-time jobs as like part of like middle market boutique banks and mm-hmm. looking for other opportunities but I was kind of thinking about the long game and I said look I can go and do an extra semester at school and come back as an intern if you'd be okay with that and I think that'd be a really good way to kind of show my maturity development. I, I would have sort of another year, kind of develop on on the feedback that you gave me, um, and kind of turn it around and be much more professional the second go around if they were open to it. Um, because from their perspective, it just less, less one less intern that they have to worry about hiring. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Smart and- pitch. And so that was like a really good pivot for me. So they weren't able to open up one spot, so they immediately gave me a return internship offer. And I wasn't losing anything by extending my uh, career, uh, my my college career by a semester. I was still graduating early, like I had always planned. Instead mm-hmm. um, sort of two and a half years, I graduated in three years. Like not <laughs> not not a big deal. Um, yeah. And, and so I came back for a second internship and, and, and did very well in that internship. And Wait a second, you, gra- you
0: were going to graduate in two and a half years, plus you're taking a bunch of courses outside of your normal course load. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell me how many hours a week were you in classes and how many hours a week? So it sounds like you were doing about 80 hours of work a week.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if I was doing like double the class load. I think I would, every semester I would pick, you know, one or two classes that I really wanted to go sit into and learn that weren't yeah, part of.
0: this just crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah so i would i would like I love pick one or two um it. there was
0: that's fine yeah. i get it we yeah. don't have to yeah. harp on it so okay so you're you're basically you get you come back you do another summer when you said yeah. like you you really took it to heart this this feedback be more professional were you being like yeah. super immature that first year like was it a it, A party thing, like where, like you were inappropriate, like going out with the group. You didn't know how to. Oh
1: no, 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 nothing like that. It was just more
0: like overeager Beaver kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, just, just like, like, like how to conduct yourself in the office. Can you give an example?
0: Because there might be other kids listening that they don't really understand what you mean by that.
1: Yeah. Um. I think I get it, but
0: yeah. Any example of like where they're like, "What were you doing here?" Or something. It
1: was. It was really just like how how I presented myself. It was, I. I guess like the, the intensity and and the drive and the desire should come across in your work product. It should be, it should be in the quality of your work. It shouldn't be in an outward. Like I think I was communicating it too much that like, this is like, I love this. This is where I want to be. Got it. Or like, you know, like, I'm having like such a good time. Like I You think were I was verbalizing
0: just, it. You're verbalizing
1: Exactly. It. Exactly. I think it was, was getting extreme.
0: you were getting on people's nerves from me, like this kid, he like won't stop talking about how much he loves this job. And there's guys exactly. like that are like dropping out, burning who out, hate it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: And they're like, I can't so, stand this kid. I don't want to be around him or whatever. Like he won't talk right. about how much he loves banking or whatever. So I oh, got it. Okay. So you, that's actually a really important point to people who like do find themselves in your seat who really know that they really love it. It's almost like the curse of the 4.0. It can hurt you. Yeah. Um or if it's yeah. if it's not coupled with like a more uh friendly personality. If you come across as a robot with a 4.0, it can hurt you. Right.
1: Right. No, yeah. They so it was like, you know, you're super friendly guy and like you you work really hard, but this is like the one it's like it was like a soft skills issue. Um yep. that okay, I so that's I just really help.
0: helpful. No, that's really yeah. helpful because that's that's important for people to hear because there could be people who are going into this. Gung ho! Oh, they're like gonna have a grin right. a shit-eating grin at 4 a.m you know like
1: <laughs> and 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 like it was like in my emails my emails were like too positive like overly positive and it's like they it kind of come like exclamation, to like, point, exclamation <laughs> point exclamation point
0: on like everything
1: it's, it's kind of comes back to like me applying to colleges like they just didn't believe that i loved it that much um and yeah it, that's interesting like, I, man. they they Literally. call when when i when i when I was called back for the second internship, they were like, Yeah, like this kid actually just loves it that much. And so I think <laughs> kid That's just hilarious. actually loves so it. They, actually, um, they get
0: a full time offer. They're like, We have yep. a workhorse coming.
1: Exactly. And then wow. I graduated in three years and then I started early I started six months earlier than my not class like, not
0: like now like let's take six months to go travel nothing like that you had traveled <laughs> enough and you're early I yeah,
1: tra- traveled yeah. enough was was ready to start working and then move forward yeah. in my career and I so started started you're early you're
0: hungry to go all the time to go man are you still like that now that you're in P are you still like yeah that? I'm
1: still like it <laughs> okay I, so I'm just
0: you're different yeah
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely different I just I am never satisfied. I I always want, I always want more, and I always kind of want it now. Which, you but know, in
0: what sense? Like, what's driving you? Is it the money? Is it the like the, no. the feeling of? Well, I mean, it's easy to say no. No one yeah. knows who you are. So, like, but is it the money? Yeah. Is it the is it the feeling of like learning and like you want to just accelerate yeah. faster? Is it, Is there some sort of um, deep seated like feeling of like I need to do this because to prove, like, to my family? What's going on? oh yeah yeah no it's um i think it's like something under like uh have you thought thought about that have you stepped back and be like yeah. well, why am i so much more i know you said you set levels and bars for yourself that are not normal for other yeah. people and so i get that but there's a lot of hardworking people on wall street and even Absolutely. even next to them it sounds like you were extreme
1: yeah it's, def- it's definitely not the money i always told people i'll do this job for free like just cover my rent i'll i'm not to work the same number of hours and i'll still work just as hard it's just it's just like it's it's not it's not about the money it's not about the titles or the promotion like there's no like family pressure or anything like that like I have said you know this is the career and this is the the, the passion that I have realized and want to dedicate myself to and so I want to do everything that I possibly can um, to be no, the best I, get I can at so, that. I mean you yeah.
0: were so, and then you ended up at BAML for three years
1: uh oh, awesome. one and a half full time oh, sorry that's right two, one, two, and half, so yeah. one and a half so one
0: and a half full time so tell me about like if it's something you love so much you started early why leave after a year and a half before the two-year commitment's over
1: yeah yeah definitely so i always um you know everyone was kind of and i always tell this to like other other people i speak to who are kind of um starting banking is don't get caught in the rat race <laughs> um Everyone thinks about banking as a stepping stone to PE. You know, they they do the two years of banking and they start recruiting a month of starting their banking full-time job for PE. And they've got many kids have locked up, you know, PE offers before their first first six months are even done in banking. And they don't even know what the job is yet. Um, And I don't think that does justice um, to the job and to your learning experience because you've kind of written off the job before you even started it. Um and you just don't like you should make that decision for yourself. A lot of kids think PE is the more prestigious career or there's more money in it and 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 so forth. And that I was never about that. I always wanted to make decisions for myself and, and on my own terms. And so I wanted to make sure I gave banking its full due. Um and I did it, you know, very diligently without even thinking about recruiting for a whole year. Um and then after year kind of reflected. I'm like, you know, what do I like about this job? What do I not like about this job. And um what was that the one what did you not like yeah so i think for for someone who wants more and always wants more i think at at a certain point you feel like you want more responsibility and sometimes you may not be able to get it um or you want to be you know take a little bit more independence in certain projects or you know get some and, and it wasn't like, hey, I wanted to be treated like an associate, like I wanted to be an associate. I just wanted, you know, an opportunity here or there to kind of act as an associate mm-hmm. or kind of have have the associate hat on and kind of learn those skills so should that... should have been in a middle market. <laughs> You've been um, a smaller, yeah.
0: You should have been in a smaller yeah, place yeah. where you were like desperate for somebody to step up.
1: Right, uh, right. And, and but my, anyways, my whole thing Yeah, sorry, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. My whole thought process was like try to maybe, you know, like work at the sort of associate level in certain projects. And then that would kind of put you in good position to get the promotion. And, you know, it's a very structured environment. Um, And so things there, obviously there's a hierarchy to it. There's kind of a chain of command and you kind of stick to that. And that's kind of, you know, a good, efficient way um, to kind of run deals. And so that was one thing that I was like in my next role, I really want to have an opportunity where I'm kind of, it's more entrepreneurial in the sense that they want me to be a critical thinker. They want me to take a view. Um, you know, I'd kind of own the model. I own the analysis and um, I always, my, my initial interest in spark in finance really came from the investing side of things. Um, I, I liked creating a thesis. I liked doing the research. I liked, you know, putting money behind it and seeing if you were right. Right. There was kind of a meritocracy to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a little bit more academic in nature. You're trying to discover the right answer. Um, Whereas in banking, a lot of times an MD tells you this is the answer and we need to construct the assumptions to get there. Right. Um, And so kind of having that, that realization, um, I just kind of recruited passively, um, not was not like I didn't throw myself into it. I didn't like do a bunch of hours of like practice modeling or anything like that. Um, I was like, hey, if I if I get something, I'll think about it. If not, I have a really good I'm, I'm like in good standing here at my current job and I'm enjoying the role. Um, and I just got very fortunate with Calera Capital, like amazing culture, great group of people, and they were wanting me, um, kind of have that critical thinking, um, approach. They, I would, you know, be invited to all of the meetings. Um, I would be, you know, talking to bankers, talking to lenders, Get to go to the management meetings like they expected me and I and I get to ask management questions and no one thinks it's weird that like a 24 year old kid is like asking the CEO of this company like hard pressing diligence questions on a business he's running right like no one thinks it's like out of the ordinary. And right. I was looking for that kind of exposure I was getting it a whole extra year year and a half earlier than I would have in banking. And. I kind of ran with it um it was it was a risk um what, what was
0: but first tell me a little bit about the recruiting process so you weren't recruiting actively like at a bunch of places but you were submitting your application or your resume through certain rec- recruiters or just through online yeah, just, you- just
1: through recruiters just like yeah. headhunters. and so um, did you have
0: any other PE um, interviews prior to the, the offer the one where you got an offer
1: yeah yeah I had I had made it um final rounds I had I yeah I uh with Aries um I had made it to the final round there but I think they went with someone else and then there was a credit fund I interviewed with um but I kind of quickly realized they were only doing senior secured term loans and holding <laughs> for maturity and that didn't really <laughs> sound very thrilling or exciting to me so okay. <laughs> I kind of yeah. kind of took a pass on that after a couple of those interviews and kind of quickly after that landed uh with Clara Capital and um you know they were they, they were really were the interviews hard the were the interviews hard no uh i mean yeah yeah the, the the first couple were not hard but but there were obviously some technical ones there were, the 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 super day interviews were were tough they were they were asking some some very um interesting questions that as like i didn't have like uh, like they're like why is your act score so low <laughs> i'm like uh uh <laughs>
0: testing you like why is
1: your 80 score so low oh my um, gosh that's hilarious but that was uh that was I, I, it was it was a good question you know I think uh, they they knew it was low it was definitely not as high as I'm sure some of the other candidates and I think they just really wanted to see the mindset that I approached that with and I think they appreciated that um what did you say uh I told them, look like it's just like standardized tests are not my my forte it's just not how I think like I, I like to be in a more more practical environment, um, you know. I think, and that that's how I learn. Um, it's just not suited to how I learn and the way I like to think. Um, but it's I, I'm much more like an ap- application kind of oriented person, um, and so I don't necessarily do you know that well in, on kind of standardized tests. And I still don't do well on standardized tests today. Um, I also just don't care about them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's really interesting. Uh, it's
1: yeah, interesting. But you, can't, you can't say that. Somebody anymore, so Andy.
0: it's interesting, but it's somebody so driven, you'd think that you could just drill and yeah, get a really high no. score.
1: Yeah, I you know, I, I just don't just don't think like my my mind just doesn't really it doesn't do well in this format of yeah, time I'm, pressure I'm, I'm, or whatever. Yeah, I'm not like a, 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 a sort of read a textbook and regurgitate the answers kind of. I always did well in school, but that's because you would kind of read and you would There there was an outcome. There was a reason why you were reading it and you can kind of attach some kind of motivation to the academic work. Whereas on a standardized test, it's like, it's really just to like get a score. Like there isn't really like any other. You should
0: have just told yourself, this is to get
1: into college.
0: And you, (laughs) you should have told yourself, this is, oh, sorry about that. This is, uh, this is to, you know, get into, you didn't realize, uh, six, seven years down the line, they'd be asking you about, um, your act my
1: my ac yeah my ACTs. score no it's it's even after having a private equity job like you know i i still like you know occasionally just to kind of keep relationships up with like headhunters yeah um some headhunters will like reach out like ones i haven't spoken to before and i'll just take their call just to build a dialogue for kind of down the road and yeah. like you know your resume doesn't have like your sat or ACT. i'm like how is this still relevant like how why is my standardized <laughs> score still required like i haven't i proved it enough for, like having two jobs in finance
0: <laughs> it's unbelievable that's unbelievable yeah. man i can't believe that um this far out so it sounds like um it's been a good move for you. Um, probably using yeah, your brain a little yeah. bit more, being able to pick the brains of CEOs and CFOs. Um, oh, absolutely. Pretty interesting. Su- 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 I agree. Super I Super rewarding professionally. I think pu was super, uh, super interesting. The four absolutely. years I was doing it. So I agree with yeah. you. Um, so yeah, and before we call, I think, you know, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Anything else, like looking back on your story, I know I kept you a lot longer than I said I would, but tell me a little bit about just uh, any other final words of wisdom you'd, you'd want to share with the audience before we call it?
1: Yeah, I think um you know, look, looking back like there you you don't have to do what I did to get into banking. You don't have to be like insane about it. Um you can there are plenty of kids who are you know, who who, who want to do this, who who love the job, who are very kind of dedicated to it and and still do normal things as college students and as human beings in general. Um and so do you regret say, doing that?
0: Do you look back ever and like think, hey, hey, I wish I had slowed down in college in four years.
1: No, no, no. I mean, you were ready. My, 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 my friends, my friends always like, dude, like you missed out. Like they're that whole senior year experience. Like we had so much fun. Like you left us all. Like I get so much grief from them about it, but it was a conscious decision I made. You know, I, I knew what I wanted to do with my life and I knew um, where I wanted to be in my career. And, I, I, I kind of set out to do it, you know, I, I, I made a choice. And at the end of the day, life is all about choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made the one that I felt was much more aligned to me at the time. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe I missed out on some moments and I'm sure, um, you know, I would have enjoyed those and then maybe regret that a little bit, but at the same time, I, I, I made a choice, um, and, and you got to live with it. And I, you know, feel like I turned out okay. Um, from, from sure. that experience. Um, but that that would be my advice is you don't like, don't don't like listen to this, you know, podcast and think like you have to like eat, sleep and breathe banking for four years of college like that. As an artist you have to put in the effort, but you can, you can still have fun. I just, I, I'm just like this wacko guy who just loves it to death. And, and it's just what really excites me. Well, it's good to um, hear that you made it because yeah. if you
0: didn't, I would have been very scared. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so no but for yeah i think that's good advice i think you know you do have to put in a lot of legwork especially coming yeah. um you know if if you are kind of coming from a non-target um yeah well, unc is not i wouldn't call a non-target but it's not like the easiest place to get in from
1: right. um,
0: so you know you do have to put in a lot of work um even though it's a great school oh. so i think i think from there it's it's one of those things where then you just have a lot less room for error if you're not in the right, yeah. uh, in the right groups and stuff like that. So you do need a absolutely. to absolutely work. So,
1: absolutely. And, and I guess the one thing that if, you know, not, not just related to banking, but just maybe career careers in general, just, just life goals in general is, you know, I don't, I don't know if college kids, you know, spend I, my friends, the people I interacted with definitely didn't, but spend a disproportionate amount of time in college thinking about what makes you tick explore as much as you can and really find out what your passion is because i and i'll always repeat that's the only advantage i had coming in is i knew what i wanted to do yeah and a lot of kids in college don't know the answer to that and so freshman year just we have something
0: on our youtube what you're saying right now that says this is a lie in capitals and it's a it was a podcast an interview like this of a kid that everyone was telling him don't worry you have time don't worry you have time he was like a sophomore and he's like i think i want to do banking and everyone's like it's too late
1: yeah it's Uh, things get away from especially now when recruiting is so early so just just spend you know a a lot of kids would be like pre-med and then like somehow turn into a business major by junior year and it's like now it's like like Tough to like find yourself into a good sort of career position out of college when you made that switch so late. Um, yeah, you can
0: still get there. I mean, you can still do a couple of jumps, it's not impossible. It's it Nothing, impossible, even when you graduate, if you don't end up at the firm you want, you can still lateral, you can still keep absolutely networking and end up where you want to end up. But
1: and that was also very encouraging. There's a lot of people in my group who like came from accounting backgrounds or consulting backgrounds, they just had to take one extra step than you would have otherwise, but they still made it
0: exactly. Exactly. Well, listen um, Tar Hill Monkey. Thanks so much for, <laughs> thanks so much for taking the time.
1: Thank, thanks so much, Patrick. Really appreciate it. And and, and happy to, to chat anytime and anyone is feel, uh, more, more than welcome to reach out. Always happy to chat about any of these things.
0: And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Patrick at wallstreitoasis.com. Until next time.